0: This is Unsociable Game, a podcast about concussion and community football. I'm Ben Roden. Over the past two episodes, we've learnt about head knocks, what they're like and what happens, as Will Stubbings and Sam Fleming have told us, when the symptoms stick around a bit longer than we'd like. But what do we do when these injuries mean you aren't able to return to the sporting field? And if you do, things might have to change. As Will says... Sometimes the biggest perspective shift comes from the friends and family that you have outside the game.
1: Once you've had a concussion and you've had a black eye or a couple of black eyes in a year, your family, your wife (laughs) uh, and your mother uh, start going to you, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself?
0: The second concussion and amount of recovery time drew a line in the sand for Will.
1: So to sort of appease them a little bit, you go, okay, well, I'll finish this season and I'll wear a helmet. And they go, yeah, sure, great. That'll, that sounds like a good compromise or at least an acceptable compromise. But yeah, it does make you wonder as well, like, what are you doing this for? Is this really worth it? Is this going to come back 40 years down the track and you're going to forget your name because you got too many knocks in the head when you were young?
0: Sam Fleming's parents and partner were there on the day of his final hit, which led to long conversations reflecting on the consequences of playing on.
2: They were more worried for my welfare and just how I was feeling immediately after. That was a really tough one because because they were there and saw it. You know, I had a good conversation with my girlfriend who, she was she was quite upset, as you can understand, um, and my mum was quite upset. And Dad's obviously been my biggest supporter in footy and, and we've shared a really strong bond through footy. And, and when he sort of said, look, I think, I think you probably need to think about whether you should do this anymore... I thought, well, that's that's more serious. That's, yeah, that's a legitimate. Because I've always thought, I thought, oh, maybe I should give it up. But then I've never really considered it. And then that was probably a moment where, with mum watching and then, you know, my girlfriend watching and then dad and I having a, a fairly frank discussion about it. And at no time them telling me what to do, but them saying this is sort of me realising that it's sort of affecting people outside of just me. There is
0: enough worry about the long-term damage from concussion and other links to Alzheimer's and dementia That players, including myself, now have to think more stringently about the long-term impacts on our health. To this end, Professor John Olver, our expert from the past two episodes, says medical recommendation to stop playing isn't done lightly and comes after a long series of tests.
3: When patients have multiple concussions, we often do full neuropsychological assessments, which is assessments of thinking functions, so things like memory, concentration, speed of thinking, planning problem-solving, and if we see some sort of permanent reduction in those functions compared to their estimates of pre-morbid ability, that's the sort of time when you'd say, well, you really need to consider whether you want to keep on putting yourself at this sort of risk.
0: I underwent an abridged 30 to 40 minute version of the assessment Dr Olver described after my symptoms took longer than expected to resolve. I just wanted the decision out of my hands. I knew I wanted to play regardless, but if someone who knew what they were talking about told me to stop, that was okay. I was ready to hear that. We talked about my medical history. We ran some tests. He asked me to say as many words beginning in F for 60 seconds. I made some ah R noises. I blinked. I did some other memory and word games. On the whole, I was average and nowhere near my best. I could only think of 10 words beginning with F. 11 if you counted fuck. The doctor said, this isn't good enough. And as a third-level footballer, I had nothing to gain by risking a future career. This would resolve, but playing risked other alternatives. I told the boys at the pub afterwards. Dressed in Mad Monday costumes, they insisted I get a second opinion, but that seemed counterintuitive to me, at least. As Sam says, though, the realisation you have to stop isn't as always significant as it first seems.
2: For me, for me, I was was never. It's not a milestone moment or a life-altering moment. Yeah, you know, footy was footy was awesome. And I really enjoyed it. And I've made some amazing lifelong friends through it. And because of it, I'd love to stay involved in footy in some capacity. But, you know, it's just my numbers up in terms of wanting to do this. So I think I'll put the coach's hat on and just judge people from the sidelines rather than scream at them while I'm out on the field.
0: While Sam has jumped into learning from the senior coaches, I've taken on umpiring. And I must admit, it's a struggle to objectively umpire a game while watching the guys you played with nine months ago win, or even worse, lose by 100 points. Professor Oliver says that locating this post-playing interest is important, especially if that competitiveness has been a big part of your life.
3: If football's been an important part of not only their physical activity but also their social activities have all been involved in the football club and to leave that and go to nothing is where you get the depression and, and people sort of falling in a bit of a heap so... If you've got a medical illness that um, suddenly brings to a halt your career, then you've got to face it because you don't really have much of a choice.
0: With this in mind, if Sam seems fairly comfortable with his decision and I'm getting used to it as much as it frustrates me, Will is a bit more circumspect.
1: Part of me still wants to play that odd game, like I said, in the middle of winter when all the uni students go back to wherever they came from and they're short 20 blokes, still like to play that odd game and just, you know... Maybe take it a little bit easier, but it'll never end up like that. It'll always be, always be running through the
0: middle. Additionally, as Sam considers a premiership won previously with another local club, he notes a more terrifying prospect, one I often wonder about myself.
2: Had I not been a part of that premiership team, I reckon I'd, no matter how many concussions I had, I'd still be playing. I reckon that's a big carrot. Yeah, it'd be scary to think how many times I'd be happy to get my head knocked around had I not won a premiership. While
0: players like Sam, Will and myself may not find out the true consequences of our involvement in the game for decades. There's a newer generation of players who are negotiating the game's inherent risks. Next week, we look at how women's community footy is reckoning with concussion and negotiating the current gaps in medical research. This is Unsociable Game. I'm Ben Roden, and thanks for listening.